Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. Well, good morning. It's great to see you this morning. Welcome to everyone who's watching online and on Spectrum Cable. We're glad that you are with us uh, as well. We're going to be over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 today, if you want to turn over to that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning with verse 17. Now, being an ambassador is a very important role. An ambassador is the official representative of one country to another. An ambassador basically reflects, promotes, and represents that country to another country. Sometimes, though, ambassadors don't do what they were supposed to do. Sometimes ambassadors have problems like everybody else. This past Christmas, uh, the Colombian ambassador to Mexico was recalled for throwing wild parties that the police had to come to almost every night of the week. And just recently, the Philippine ambassador to Brazil was recalled because she was beating her maids. One of the maids actually went to the police. The police investigated. She denied it, but then they pulled the video cameras, and uh, they found her on multiple instances beating the maids. And so this, of course, was a, uh, a shock to the, to the Philippines. They immediately were embarrassed and recalled her as their ambassador. The interesting thing, though, is that in our scripture passage, Paul refers to Christians as ambassadors. So our job then is to reflect, to promote, and to represent God to the world. But the big question is, what kind of an ambassador are you, and would God need to recall you if you were his ambassador? And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. So go over to 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, verse 17. I'm going to read the whole passage for you here, and then we'll break it down. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. All of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not committing people's sin against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, although God was making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Let's have a prayer. Father, we thank you for your word as we look into it now, open our hearts and minds, and then help us to live as you show us. And in Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. When we look into the scripture passage in verses 17 and 18, the first thing we see is this. As individuals, we have been reconciled to God. We've become a new creation through what Jesus did on the cross. So if you are saved, if God is in your life, you have been reconciled to God. Look at verse 17 and 18, and let's break it down. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Now, what's it mean in Christ? In Christ basically just means if you've had that point in your life where you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you are saved, if, if God is with you, if, if uh, God is a part of your life, then the new creation has come. What's the new creation that comes when we're saved? Well, basically that new creation is what we call being born again. That God comes into your life, the Spirit indwells you, you were saved. So anyone in Christ has become a new creation. 
He then goes on and says, the old is gone, that old way of living, that old way of life, that life where our sins were over us, all of that is gone. This new creation has come. And then he says, all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Now that's the important part right there. Something was causing us to be at odds, us and God. And what was causing us to be at odds with God was something that we call sin. Sin is things that we are doing that are wrong, that are displeasing, that are against God's will, that are hurting us and hurting other people. Sin had basically built a barrier between us and God. And there was nothing that we could do to overcome that barrier. You couldn't be good enough, know enough, right enough to overcome that barrier of sin. And what we couldn't do is what God then did. Somebody has to make the first step if people are going to be reconciled. You probably have seen people in your life. I've seen people in my life uh, who they get mad at one another and neither one of them will, will ask, say they're sorry and the feud just goes on and on forever, kind of like the Hatfields and McCoys because both are too stubborn uh, to ever say they're sorry. Well, there was a wall between us and God. Uh, there was sin that was separating us and it seemed that there was nothing that was able to overcome it. So something has to be done to overcome it. And in our scripture passage, we're told that what happened was God took the step. We didn't take the step. We didn't come to God. God made the step for us. He reconciled us through Christ. Now, what's it mean that he reconciled us through Christ? What that simply means is that Jesus came, died on the cross, took our sins upon him that we might be forgiven. So this reconciliation with God takes place because Jesus has become the one that tore down the wall. Our sins put on him. Nothing separates us from God any longer. God took the first step. Jesus reconciled us to God. Somebody has to take that first step. It's true in, in, in our faith. It's true in the world. Recently, a feud that rocked the world and shook everyone on every corner of the globe was somehow put back together. Unbelievable. It was the feud that took place between Katy Perry and Taylor Swift. And I know that every one of you all were just totally, totally out of whack with this. You just couldn't handle it, you know, uh, what was going on there. But recently, the two got back together. Now, what happened was uh, Katy Perry had some dancers that were with her group. Taylor Swift started a, a tour, and uh, so some of her dancers went with Taylor Swift because they were good friends. But then Katy Perry, in the middle of the tour, decided she was going to start touring again, and her dancers went back to her. Oh, my goodness. And so a feud took place for five years until Katy Perry said we're acting like middle schoolers and literally sent an olive branch to uh, Taylor Swift. That's the olive branch that she swent, sent to her. And suddenly everything's fine. They're all hunky-dory again. They can now play dress up with one another again. Uh, as you see here in the next picture uh, that they are. So, you know, now the whole world is right again. Taylor Swift, Katy Perry are back together, but someone had to take the first step. Someone had to take the step between us and God, our sin separating us from God. God took that step when Jesus went to the cross and paid for our sins. And that brings us to the next thing that we see. The same reconciliation that God has given to us is not just available to you and me. It's available to anyone and everyone who accepts Jesus. Anyone who comes to Jesus, the same reconciliation is available to them. 
Okay, what God has done for me is great. That, you know, thank you, I'm reconciled with you. My sins have been forgiven, but what about other people? And the next thing we see is this same salvation and reconciliation isn't just available to us, it's available to everyone. Look at verse 19 and 21. Verse 19 says, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. God was reconciling the world. Now, in Greek, that word world means, it's, it's the Greek word cosmos. And cosmos means the entire universe. God was reconciling the universe. And basically, the implication is God was reconciling everyone to come to him. It's the same word that's used in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. The whole world is being called to be reconciled to God through what Jesus did. That verse 19 the world was reconciled in Christ. We're not reconciled by what we do. We're not reconciled by being good enough or knowing enough. We're reconciled by what Jesus did. Our sins are not counted against us because our sins are put upon Jesus. So what an unbelievable thing. This isn't just available to us. It's available to everyone. And then look at verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Our righteousness, again, is not of our own good works. Our righteousness is because our sins have been put on Jesus, not just us. That is now available to everybody. So just as that wall was removed for us, that wall is available for everyone to be removed in Jesus Christ. God's love, grace, and reconciliation is available to everybody. But sometimes we have a tough problem with that. And our problem is sometimes we don't want everybody in the world to be reconciled to God, as strange as that may sound. There's some people we don't like. There's some people we don't agree with. There's some people that do bad things. There's some people that just flat out don't deserve it. And yet the truth of the matter is, the whole point of this is, that's all of us. So you don't agree with somebody. You don't see the same way they do. They do things that you think are wrong. Guess what? The same thing could be said of you. There's times that you don't do right and times that you don't do things that are right, and yet you were reconciled to God when you did not deserve it, and they are reconciled to God when they do not deserve it, their sins being put on Jesus on the cross. And that's the amazing thing that's there, is that this salvation isn't just available to us, it's available to any and everyone in the world. I don't care where you are, I don't care who you are, I don't care how much money you have, I don't care the color of your skin, I don't care, uh, you know, whether you're male or female, rich or poor, what country you live in, God loves you, Jesus died for you, his reconciliation is reaching out for you. It is available for everyone, whether we want it to be or not. I read an interesting story this week about a guy by the name of Rick Griffith that lives in Canova, West Virginia. Anybody know where Canova, West Virginia is? Yeah, I, I, I actually do. Driven, driven past there many a times in my life. Well, the biggest Halloween display in all of West Virginia is at one house in Canova, West Virginia by a guy by the name of Rick Griffith. And it's really interesting. Got a picture of Rick's house uh, right here. So... This started, he said, it started for me and my family and for nobody else. 
He didn't have the idea this was for everybody. It was just for him and his family. They had a really big pumpkin that grew, and he thought, well, let's make that the center of, of kind of a fall display. And so they put that pumpkin out, put a few around it. Family felt good, but then some of the neighbors liked it. They drove by, and they said, hey, man, Rick, God, you know, that's great. The next year, he did it again, added a few more pumpkins, and then people began to tell other people in town, hey, man, you need to go out and see these pumpkins out at Rick Griffith's house. And so everybody began to drive out to his house. The next year, he put out some more pumpkins, and then suddenly people in that whole area started saying, hey, you need to go by this house in Canova, West Virginia. Pretty soon, everybody in West Virginia was going, hey, you need to go and see this house that's in Canova, West Virginia. Last year, while COVID was still going on, over 10,000 people from 14 countries and three states drove by Rick Griffith's house to see the pumpkins. What he thought was something just for himself and his family became something so much bigger. And sometimes what we think is just for us, we've been saved, we've been reconciled to God, is so much bigger than that. God's reconciliation is available to the whole cosmos. It's available to the entire world. And that brings us to the last thing that we see in our scripture passage. All Christians have now become God's ambassadors tasked with letting everyone know that reconciliation is available to them. We become God's ambassadors and our job is to let people know that God's reconciliation is available to them. Look at verse 18 in our scripture passage. All of this is from God who reconciled to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So verse 18 says, okay, something happened to you. You were reconciled to God. Jesus died for you. You believed it. You accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You were reconciled to God. The moment you were saved, the moment you were reconciled to God, a new situation took place in your life. You became a minister of reconciliation. It's not something you chose. You didn't say, well, I think I'll teach Sunday school or, or I'll, I'll serve on the missions committee or I'll do this and that. It had nothing to do with that. But rather what happened is automatically by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you became a minister of reconciliation. Now, we have all kinds of ministers on staff at our church, but every person is a minister of reconciliation. Now, what's it mean to be a minister of reconciliation? Well, he tells us, verse 19, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting their sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Our job is to tell everyone that is in our circle about Christ wanting to reconcile with them. People that are infused with God, people who are not living the way that they should, people who don't believe in God, people who think belief in God is backwards, people who just don't accept any of it, people who are, are in sin or feel guilty or separated from God. Our job is to try to reconcile them to God. Have you ever gone out of your way to reconcile two friends before? People you knew that just weren't getting along and you tried to, tried to reconcile them because you hated to see them uh, fighting and, and odds with one another. I remember when I, I was growing up, I guess I was in college about that time, I had a friend, and I saw, a good friend from high school, and I saw his mom at the state fair. And I went up and started talking to her, and she, I said, how's it going? And she said, not very good. She said, you know, about a year ago, me and my sister had a fight. I really don't even remember what it was over. But she's so hard-headed. 
that she just won't say she's sorry and I'd do anything to get back together. Uh, I don't care what, what happened, but she just won't do it. And I said, well, that's really, you know, really, I'm sorry about that. I went around maybe 15 minutes later and I ran into her sister. And I said, hey, man, good to see you. What's going on? And she goes, oh, not very well, you know. Uh, my sister and I had a fight about a year ago and she's so hard-headed. You know, we just, we just can't get back together. And then me being the genius that I am, the light bulb went off in my head. And I thought, you know, I think they're saying the exact same thing. And so I literally called my friend's mom the next day and I said, hey, I ran into your sister. She said the same thing you did. You two need to be talking. Uh, within a week, the two were back together again. You do something to bring two people who are feuding back together. That's what it means to be a minister of reconciliation. It doesn't mean to have all the answers about God. It doesn't mean to, to go out there and be able to answer every theological question that somebody has. It's you are trying to bring people back into a relationship with God. Look at verse 20. Verse 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal to us. Now think about that for a second. You are God's ambassador as if God was making his appeal through us. Do you know how people are reconciled with God? God has one plan and one plan only. And that's you doing it with your friends, your family, your co-workers, your fellow students. That's the only plan God has. And you may think, well, that's a pretty weak plan because I look around the, the church and I say, whew, if that's your plan, it's not working very well or something like that. It's the only plan God has. When you were saved, you became a minister of reconciliation and you were supposed to then be God's ambassador. So I guess the question I would have is what kind of ambassador are you being for God right now? What's your lifestyle like? Do people look at your lifestyle and think, man, that's the kind of life I want to live? Do people look at you and say, I wish I was helpful and caring like them? Do people look at you and say, you know, uh, they always seem to be so even-keeled and caring for other people and going out of their way to help others. When people look at you, what kind of an ambassador of God are you being? And this isn't an ambassador of God where you come and you say, I'm negotiating the deep theological uh, treaties from the book of Leviticus. No, it's saying, my job as an ambassador is to help reconcile you to God. My job as an ambassador is to look at you and say, I don't know what's happened in your life. I don't know how you and God got separated, but I tell you what, I know God loves you. I know God forgives you. I know God wants you to be with him, and I know what's happened to me. That's what it means to be an ambassador of God in this context. You are reconciling people to a God that they are in a feud with or that they have separated with, but what kind of ambassador are you doing? At the end of verse 20, Paul simply says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God has done everything he can to bring us back together with him, and now our job is to let people know that. It's happened to me. I want you to know it can happen to you. So the way that we live, the way we care for other people, the way we love other people, the way we help other people, the way we treat other people, is how people view the God that you worship. So how do people see God through you? When they see you, what kind of an ambassador are you? When they see you, do they think, man, that's something that I want. What do they have and how do I get it? Or does God look at you and think, whew, I need to recall that ambassador in quick. You know, there's something I just don't, I don't like uh, uh, the way that they're representing me 
out there in the world. You know, part of the problem we have as Christians is that we don't look any different than the world that we're trying to reconcile to God. Uh, we have the same pettiness, uh, the same anger, the, the same way of living and acting as everybody else in the world, and then we wonder why the world doesn't flock to us. And then we do the exact same thing in the faith. We fight and hate and try to destroy one another uh, while our world is in darkness and hurting out there. And uh, it's not just true with Christians and other Christians. It's true with denominations. Denominations fight and hate and, and use the tactics of the world, trying to destroy one another, not realizing there's a world out there that so needs us to be the ambassadors of Christ. And we can't get out of our way and stop fighting one another. And it's a sad commentary on who we are and what's going on. But the world needs us to step up and be what we were called to be, ambassadors of God. What would you do tomorrow morning if when you woke up, what you said to yourself was, today, in the things I do, the way I live, my interactions with people, I represent God. And I don't just represent God, I represent a God that wants to reconcile them to him. I'm not out there trying to condemn people. I'm not out there trying to show people uh, that, that everything's better. I'm trying to show people, look what God's done for me, how he's forgiven me, how he loves me, and he loves you the exact same. How do you show the love of God as his ambassador? People should be flocking to that, not looking around and thinking, look at all the self-righteous better than thou art hypocrites. They should be looking at you and saying, there's somebody that loves and cares and forgives, and I want that as an ambassador of Christ. I look around the room, and I, I just can't help but feel that most of you are Xbox gamers. Is that right? <laughs> Anybody here own an Xbox? Okay, good couple, a couple, all right. All right, so there, there's a few of you. Uh, I think in the next service, there'll probably be more Xbox gamers uh, that will be around. Well, Xbox has something really interesting. It's called their ambassador program. This is some of the Xbox ambassadors right there. Now, what sometimes happens in the online gaming world is this stuff gets pretty competitive and people get pretty good, so people can get pretty nasty online when they're trying to destroy someone in Xbox. And so Xbox has come up with their ambassador program, and this is what uh, they say. Our ambassadors make gaming fun, positive, and welcoming to everyone. A safe and fun environment for the world. And so people can literally sign up and become an Xbox ambassador, and you get your little certificate that tells everybody you are an Xbox ambassador. Now, what a great thing to know that every time you log online to play against someone, you represent all of Xbox. That's pretty exciting stuff, isn't it? But you know what happened? Some Xbox ambassadors weren't very nice. And they weren't being positive and promoting. And so Xbox had to do something they didn't plan when they started their ambassador program. They had to start recalling ambassadors. And as a matter of fact, now on their website, you have this. You have been removed from the Xbox ambassador program due to one of the following reasons. And they are taking out literally hundreds of people a day because they don't represent Xbox the way that they were supposed to. 
Now, that's Xbox, okay? What if I told you that every Christian is an ambassador of God's? But sometimes we don't represent God any better than some of those people represent Xbox. And God looks at us, and he has to shake his head. And he thinks, look, there's a world that so needs to hear that they are loved and cared for and forgiven. And all I want to do is make their life better. And the only plan I have to do that is you and the way that you live and the things that you do. That's my only plan. You are the ambassador of Christ. God literally makes his appeal through you. What kind of an ambassador are you being? Let's have a prayer. Father, we are challenged by your words today. I think each of us look at our lives sometimes and think, well, if God was looking at me on Tuesday, I think I'd be recalled. We all struggle with that. But Lord, we're all so motivated by it. Motivated to know that we need to be more serious about who we are and how we act and treat others. So help us to do that this week, to represent you in ways that show others what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.